All right. The the elephant in the room has to be the quarterback situation. We didn't even touch on this yesterday. But is it going to be Thomas Castellanos? Is it going to be Emmett Moorhead? And why are we in this position even right now? Oh boy, are we going to dive into this on today's episode? You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So this is part two of our review of the uh, embarrassing loss to NIU. I got some NIU fans saying that you guys shouldn't be considering that embarrassing. I'm calling the way that BC played embarrassing and the whole situation that put themselves in embarrassing. And to get into this again, we have Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Uh, doing a little better. Uh, finished rewatching the game. I'll probably rewatch it at least once more uh, oh before we are writing these articles. And it's uh, it's not the most fun thing, but you know, you, you do are you are able to pull out some answers from this. But this this thing that we're going to talk about today is something that still boggles my mind honestly so usually when mitch and i have an episode we kind of bounce back and forth this episode is going to run a little differently this first that first first section of this episode is going to be me ranting (laughs) the second part of this episode will be mitch ranting and we both have our different um perspectives on why things don't make any sense and then the final segment we're going to kind of come together to more of our typical type of episode so mitch you ready yep all right i'm rubbing my hands i'm ready to go (laughs) <laughs> so I'm not going to recap everything we saw. We saw Emmett Moorhead come out. He, you know, he looked jittery. He looked like he didn't know what was going. Not that he didn't know what was going on. He just had, he had all sorts of trouble throwing the football. And then within two sets of downs, he's gone. And Castellanos comes in. You get Castellanos running his offense. They get away from the power run. They get away from everything. And they put Moorhead back in the third quarter to start the the, the third uh, second half off, and he does nothing again. So they go right back to Castellanos, and we we know how that ends. So what gets me about this? What I don't understand, and everything that Halfley has said since then still doesn't make any sense to me. Is why was there such a short stick with Moorhead? We as media members and you and you guys have listened to this podcast for the last you know two months. All I've been talking about is Moorhead. I kind of even scoffed at the potential of of Castellanos taking over this early. You know, we got thrown Moorhead all the time. You know, he'd come to to press conferences. He was at ACC media days. You know, all you heard about was him playing with the ones at practices, and 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 on top of all of that. What was the what was the the dialogue or or uh, you know what what we've been told about why Phil Jakovic left because they had their quarterback of the future in Emmett Moorhead. We heard that over and over and over again, and that you know when you see Jakovic leave and you know think of whatever you want about Jakovic. I, I don't know how he would do with this offense. You know he did what he had to do, but. 
the the thought process was that Moorhead had it. You saw parts of that last year. You saw him play in the spring game. And you felt like the staff had all the faith in him to be the quarterback of the future. And then it took two drives to get rid of him. I don't understand. I I I have gone back. I've I thought about it. And yeah, maybe you got lightning in the bottle with Castellanos, but you have wrecked Emmett Moorhead. And I don't care if he was rooting on his team, which I heard from fans, and, and being the biggest cheerleader, his his self-confidence at this point has to be completely shot. Because you didn't even give him a chance to find his feet. You got rid of him so fast. And the staff themselves could have helped with this. They could have, if you noticed, what were two things that we noticed with the offense to start this game off? Was that Moorhead couldn't hit a shot. He couldn't hit his throws. But the power running game was right there. So what do they do? They remove Moorhead and they go away from the power running game. All they had to do was hand the ball off to Pat Garo and let the, that offensive line push around, and then you would find your throws. He would have settled in. He would have found some success. But nope, removed him. And this is not this this comment. I want to say right off the bat, my kind of rant here is not a knock at Thomas Castellanos. I thought he did a perfectly serviceable job doing what he did. I loved his energy. I loved his swag. I loved the way he kind of had that it factor. It just, I just feel for Emmett Moorhead, a a kid that just looked like the future of Boston college football. And he lost everything in one game. And I don't know if there's any way to come back from any of this, you know, on, on, on Monday, we received our depth chart. And for folks that love to read the depth chart, I can tell you something. The staff doesn't put, any effort to it after after week one it's literally it they they copied and pasted the first depth chart from niu and just pasted holy cross instead of over niu it has nigel tate still on there connor Litton. neither of them i can't imagine either of them are going to play um and then at the quarterback position it still has emmett moorhead as your starting quarterback i don't put any faith into it because to me it just looks like something they just you know just printed off and sent away. But I look at this Holy Cross game and now I'm at this point where I'm thinking to myself, there's no way you can put Emmett Moorhead back out there. You, you, unless there's something that they can miraculously fix, they're going to do the exact same thing again. He, this situation is so broken for him that I don't see them any way him for him to come back at Boston college and become quarterback unless something was to happen to Castellanos. It just seems that that way. And it's frustrating. And, and to me, none of this makes any sense. I have yet to figure out, and I've read the comments, I've read what Halfley had to say, that why he did what he did. I mean, he said that they planned this all along. That's what he said after the game. And, you know, we've had Halfley on the show, and he's a he's a, he's a nice enough guy. I, I, I'm not trashing him, but the plan really was to put your quarterback out there. The starter that you had, you know, posted your future on 
and remove him after two sets of downs? Because that's what he said. That was the plan. What? I, I don't – that doesn't make any sense. Anyone who's been around football knows it takes a couple series for, for teams to find their footing. I mean, right now, Clemson and Duke are kind of doing that right now. You don't just take Cade Klubnick out and put in somebody else because, you know, he's he's struggling if that's – I don't know if he is. I'm not watching the game. But with Moorhead, that's what they did. And you had a young quarterback who now his confidence – I mean, I don't know the kid. I just imagine it's it's going to be so tough for him to come back. And that's my thoughts. I'm sticking to them. Mitch, do you have any comments about what I said before you get into yours in the second half? Yeah, I think uh, there was something you said towards the end um, about, I think we're going to overlap on a lot of our thoughts. Um, I'm trying to think of the one thing you said pretty recently about um, this situation. Um, I can't remember what it was. It left my head. So I'll, I'll just go into my thoughts after the break. Okay. All right. So we'll be back in just a moment where we're going to let Mitch have his 10 minutes of fun. And he's going to talk all about his, you know, some of it might be the same, but Mitch, Mitch has a different perspective sometimes than I do. So we'll have to wait to hear what he has to say about that. Now, if you are, if you've been listening to this podcast, you, I, I know some of you have already thought, think it's hilarious how much I love my bird dogs. I got them on right now. I got a pair I bought. I have, I'm up to like five or six um, different colors of bird dogs. I love them. They, they're stretch khaki shorts that are perfect for hot weather uh, because they wick away sweat. They're um, they look good. I mean, I, I, I was joking about it at a, at a wedding this weekend. I was, I was talking about my bird dogs at a wedding uh, where my mother-in-law said to me, she goes, you should with your ad reads, talk about how I think you look good in them. And I said, I already did that because I, I already get been getting compliments all over the place for my bird dogs. Now they're functional for anything, golf dates, evenings out. I mean, I wore them to a wedding this weekend. We, it was a, it was a shorts wedding. So I wore my bird dogs. So what I want you to do, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter pro promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. I'm telling you folks, don't go to Target or any other store to get your shorts. Get them at Bird Dogs. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. And I'm going to turn the mic over to Mitch and let Mitch talk. And if I had to cut him off to get to our next break, I'll let him know. But Mitch, <laughs> the floor is yours. All right, so <clears throat> I actually prepared kind of a statement for this, and so this is going to be a bit long, I think. College football used to be a sport steeped in honor and tradition. Certainly there were many drawbacks, but the raw, sometimes ugliness made the game beautiful. We've seen how money is currently ruining sport by killing traditional conferences and rivalries, and changing in-game rules provide less football and more commercials. The transfer portal, while mostly good, has people running to erase their takes about Deion Sanders, Colorado, and how he microwaved a roster in the portal after one game against a TCU squad that was due for major regression. With that being said, outside of scandals like at Baylor and Penn State and off-field stuff, in terms of pure on-the-field on football stuff, what Jeff Hathley did down at Moorhead over the last three months is one of the most dishonorable things I've seen in some time in college football. Like you said, trotting him out there for as QB1 for AC media days and multiple practice media scrums, all to just yank the rug out from under him and the media in week one. And I get it. Me doesn't really matter to coaches. And that's not a thing on Hathley. That's a thing on every college football coach. They don't give a crap. But so, you know, them making the depth chart, it is what it is. 
But Moorhead did not deserve this after getting his ass kicked last year behind one of the worst offensive lines in college football history. No wonder he was so skittish and inaccurate as first possessions. I honestly think that his clock as a, like, you know, you, you hear about quarterbacks in the in the pocket, how they have this clock that needs to go off. I think his clock was so accelerated from last year that anytime he felt just the slightest hint of pressure, he bailed or checked it down or tried to get out of it. He had a lot more time in the pocket than he thought, but because he probably wasn't getting all the first team reps because they were pulling this stunt with Castellanos, he wasn't as comfortable as he should have been going into week one as the quarterback one. And if they didn't want to make him quarterback one, as it was seemingly the plan, just don't make him the quarterback one and start Castellanos. Say Castellanos, say it's a competition. It, I don't understand this obsession with a one week competitive advantage argument where it's like, Oh, the other team doesn't know they're going to prepare for one quarterback. We'll give him another. It's like, I, I get it's college. So then there's talent discrepancies, but teams will adjust. And also, and this is ex post facto. So it's not the most honest of analysis. What kind of bad advantage didn't matter. BC still freaking lost. So yeah. And like you said, Thomas Cassianos played well down the stretch. He, he got his, he got He got the chance to get his feet under him. But like you were saying, these guys are getting their jitters out because it's week one. You're going to make mistakes early. You need to give them time and give them a better structured offense by running the ball. You know, I know Moorhead sailed those passes. And I think a big part of it was because he was thinking, well, if I don't perform well, and I'm going to get yanked at some point. Or he was just like, you know, so messed up by this whole process that I really just can't believe it happened like this. And I'm just, I'm very disappointed. And this is all more of a fan take than analysis take. Um you know, I, I just really don't like how this was handled. I think, and I understand that college football is not really in football in general is not really a sport where you can lean on dancing with the one who brought you. You know, if a guy is playing better than another guy, you should play the guy who's playing best. But in that case, then I feel like there should have just been some more honesty about who is the real QB one, or just say that there's you know we we have two really good guys and they're battling it out, and you know that's that's how we that's what we're doing in fall camp instead of saying, you know, and I know they were, they were kicking around other guys in the portal, but all the other indications said that Moorhead was the guy. Moorhead was the guy, you know, I know that they took a look at the guy who transferred out of Vanderbilt and I think went to Mississippi state, Mike Wright, uh, another running kind of quarterback. Um, But he was like a veteran leader. So you kind of still got the sense that that was kind of going to be a backup, more of a mentor role for uh, Moorhead bring Castellanos, you know, him coming out of UCF, you see this super raw, athletically really gifted player. You think, okay, you know, he's he's got some tools and, and we saw them, but he needs time to develop, which we also saw. So I just do not get this decision. I think the way this was handled was wrong. Uh, I think it was a major disservice to Emin Moorhead, who, you know, again, may, maybe Castellanos is better in the long term. I, I think that's very possible. But then this should have just been handled differently. Um, and I, like I said, I think it was disrespectful to Evan Moorhead, given what he has, given what he sacrificed for this team. And I want to respond to this comment. It says, wow, it looks like you guys are all Moorhead fans, so Castellanos is dog meat to you guys. Um, we said at the beginning of this podcast, this has nothing to do with Castellanos or our thoughts on him as a quarterback. This is about the treatment of a quarterback that has been part of this program that we feel didn't get the, didn't get the right treatment in this, in this game. And we're, and I, I literally started the show off by saying Castellanos was, did, did a fine job at the end of the game. It's nothing to do with that. Stop taking this personally. And and, and we don't know. I, at this point, I still don't think we know who is better. We have one data point for Castellanos 
starting or not starting playing in a game um, where he was bad in the beginning and got better as the game went on, but he was far from perfect. We do have Morehead was bad to begin. It's week one. There are some jitters and we have more data points of him. Granted, those data points are scattershot. They are inconsistent, but so is Castellanos. So we, we don't know who is better at this point. And I'm not sure if the coaching staff really knows. And, you know, I, again, I don't I know they don't want to admit that because you don't want to admit that in fall camp as to who is better. But again, this is more so about the process of how this was handled leading up to week one, as opposed to a referendum on which quarterback is better, because frankly, we don't have enough information to fully know who is a better quarterback at this point. And yeah. I, I do think though, that both quarterbacks are in a better environment than BC had last year where we can properly evaluate them because the offensive line is good. The team can run the ball. And if the receivers can get their heads on straight and catch the football, they have weapons on the outside. So you know, I'm not sure if this is going to continue to be a revolving door. I'm not sure if it's going to be, a, you know, just one guy, if Cast Castellanos just takes the job or some other combination of the two. Maybe, maybe they're both on the field at the same time, which I think would be awesome. That'd be really fun from a football perspective. I don't think we'll see it, though. But All right. In our final segment, yeah. let's Mitch and I will kind of wrap things up, talk about where BC goes from here. Uh, Halfley had a few, you know, we have no – um, insight into where things are going uh, until we hear from Halfley this week. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk more about it. Uh, and we'll get back to that all in just a moment. Now, if you are into making your wages, you need to go to FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet five dollars will get one hundred dollars off Sunday NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube and YouTube Plus, uh, YouTube TV, excuse me. And that's great. You know, getting those bonus bets are great when you bet like I did last week when I went zero for four against Mitch in our picks of the week. Uh, but you can go over to FanDuel too and make your own. So now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you could be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is Locked On BC AJ Black, and we're wrapping things up. We talked about what we feel is a a, a mismanagement of how the quarterback situation has been. So now the question goes, what, where do they go from here? What is, what is this coaching staff? There's still 11 games left. How do they go from here, Mitch? What is your thoughts on who should start or what do you think the, the philosophy should be moving forward to the Holy cross game? I do think that you need to pick one quarterback and stick with him because that quarterback needs to get as many reps with the first team as possible. I think you saw Ostensibly, that didn't happen during fall camp as they were probably splitting reps to try to figure out who was going to be the starter. So you need one guy to get comfortable with the, seat, with the receivers. And I think that was part of the issue we saw with, they said the receivers weren't running routes or the broadcast said receivers weren't running routes as urgently as they should have been. Uh, we saw, you know, some inaccuracies with quarterbacks throwing where they didn't know the receivers going to be. So you need to get the quarterbacks and the receivers on the same page. This offense couldn't have a hope of moving the ball. Based on obviously based on this one game performance, you would obviously say Castellanos. I, I do think that that is the move for BC at this point because I, I do think, like I agree with you, that Emmett Moorhead's confidence has got to be if his if his self confidence isn't completely shot at this point, then he's a stronger man than I, and I'd give him credit for that. But 
you know, I, I like you said, Castellanos clearly has a spark that this team kind of needs. Um, right. And, and he's I elect, he's a, he's a playmaker too. Yeah. Which I, he, I don't think he's going to get away with that 30 yard backwards scramble every week. Um, hopefully he won't need to, but you know, you saw that pinch for that playmaking, uh, the times where he would be running and actually run over defenders, despite being a much smaller guy. Um, that athletic ability gives him the floor to, um, uh, sorry, I'm reading some of the comments, but, um, gives him a floor to make plays that obviously Evan Moorhead can't. Um, and he does have, he is a, he has a very good arm. He can throw the ball very far. Um, he's just got to get the accuracy honed in. And I think that getting more reps with the ones will help hone that accuracy. Um, and ideally also like running the ball more, uh, will, uh, open up more opportunities for the passing game down the field. Um, but I mean, again, we can't, and you know, again, you can say the same thing for more, but Castellanos was far from perfect. He sailed a lot of throws out of bounds too. That interception was a pretty bad interception in terms of reading the defense. So neither quarterback is a perfect option based on the context of what we are, of what BC is facing now. I think starting Castellanos has got to be the move. And I think you got to stick with him until he, unless he really craters and starts playing poorly or he gets hurt. Um, Cause you can't do this flip-flopping thing anymore. That just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. You got, you got to stick with it. And Castellanos I think has, has earned it at this point, I guess. And um, you know, I, I, I hope I, you know, I, when you hear the coaching staff um, Halfley on Saturday said he didn't know, he didn't know who was going to start. And my hope you and I, I have some thoughts about this too, is that on Tuesday when he meets with the staff, he says, you know, Castellanos is going to be the starter or Moorhead's going to be the starter, but you know, that's not what he's going to say. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to say, we're going to continue to evaluate. Even if he does have it decided behind the scenes, he's not going to let anyone know. So we're going to have to wait till Saturday to figure this one out. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that, that make, again, that that's part of college football. That, that makes sense. I just, again, I really don't like how the way this was handled, for the purposes of, you know, kind of hanging Moorhead out to dry there um, and then not really giving him an opportunity. And again, you know, just not giving him the opportunity I, th- I thought he deserved based on what he's done for this team. So I I, I do think that Castellan- Castellanos will make the start and I do think that he'll probably be the starter moving forward for the long term. All right. Um, all right. So we have a very, very like sometimes when we, during the summer, Mitch, when we were talking about football, it was like, you have a, just a couple of comments. It was like fun to like kind of end. I can't even keep up with our comment section right now. It's going crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a, quite a few people with a lot of comments. So I apologize folks that kind of, we're kind of running out of time here. So just as a reminder, later this week, we will have Tom Devitt on. Uh, he is the general manager of Friends of the Heights. Mitch will be joining us for that. And we'll be back on Friday where I'll make some horrible picks and mix, Mitch will go, what, three and one again? Uh, I think, yeah, I think three and one or I think it was two and two, actually. Okay. So we'll, we'll be back on again, again to do all of that. Uh, make sure you come over to Eagle Insider uh, if you want more in-depth in analysis. Mitch, tell people where people can find your work. You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Uh, my... I rewatched the game so you don't have to articles will be coming out tomorrow or today and the next day. Uh, and then we'll be on to previewing Holy cross. Um, I only have one game on them from this year. So uh, we'll see how that goes for this team. And this, I mean, as much as, you know, you can make it this, this FCS game is must win. You know, this, if, if BC loses this game, then it, things are really going off the rails. So they've got to get 
some things figured out before Saturday. And yes, so come back to check out our work. Follow me on at AJ Black under uh, AJ Black two four seven. I always go back to my old uh, Twitter handle, uh, and you'll find all our work on over at Eagle Insider. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Um, it was a heated one. We both had a lot to talk about. So thank you for uh, sticking with us and uh, putting your thoughts in the comment section. And we'll be back again tomorrow. Make sure you hit that subscribe and like button before you hit uh, you leave, so other people can find our podcast as well. Thank you all so much. We'll see you again soon. Ooh.